Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Monday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody's weekend went well. Well, health-wise, weather-wise, I think hopefully everybody everybody uh, came through uh, on those fronts. I uh, wasn't, uh, you know, it was, it was another another tough weekend for Auburn football. They've lost four straight now. Yes, they have. 0-4 in the conference. 14 out of 16 conference losses. Hmm. Since Auburn beat Ole Miss... Just before Halloween, October 30th, 2021, Auburn has the worst record in the SEC. And not coincidentally, Woo. what, there's there's one game, I think, with I think you have Bonex starting two of those games. Because Bonex starts the loss to AM a week after Auburn beats Ole Miss. Bonex is injured in the Mississippi State game a, a, week, a week after that. And since then, yep. uh, Auburn at quarterback. Hasn't been good. You know, I said, I said last week, the folks who used to call the show and say, Anybody but Bo Nix are in the witness <laughs> protection program right now after uh, about three conference, oh, you know, about three years of conference play uh, with Auburn uh, trying uh, everything at quarterback and uh, and uh, and a lot of it uh, coming back. Uh, the result, the results coming back negative. That is that is right. That's Dan. I'm Bill. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com here in the studio as well with Drew at the controls. And uh, since he was on hold when we walked in. We'll go ahead and get to the phones, jump right to them. KJ, chomping at the bit. Hey, good afternoon, uh, everyone. Uh, I just had a, a question. I know um, uh, Coach Reeves has mentioned the talent gap um, a lot this year and, and how it's impacting the games, the outcomes, and being able to execute specifically on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you guys uh, – do you guys believe that there was a big talent gap between Ole Miss and Auburn? In oh. the skill positions offensively, yeah. the wide receiver and quarterback, I believe, yes. Yeah. I was about Other to, than that? I, I was about to say it would appear at wide receiver and quarterback, yes. Yeah. Um, but, but I think at a lot of other spots, no. And that, that can be the difference between uh, winning at home or losing. Copy that, copy that. Well, let me, let me just go ahead and expound on that. How do you feel about our talent gap? between our next three opponents. I think Auburn is much better. Uh, yeah, I think Auburn's as or more talented than each of the next three teams. Next four teams. Okay, so so it would be it would be logical and feasible to point to coaching if in regards to the results of these next few games. I, I think it's fair to point to coaching for some of the lack of results offensively the last couple of weeks. Not all of it. I mean, I think that you have to acknowledge the right. roster that mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze inherited, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I thought the way the way players were deployed on Saturday night against Ole Miss in a close game, uh, I, I thought I thought was up for it's certainly up for uh, uh, analysis. And you can you can I mean Hugh Freeze was answering questions about it today at the press conference, and I think that that's uh, uh, that, that's that's fair to you know especially if things don't improve these next couple of weeks. Absolutely, it's it, it's fair to uh, to second guess the, uh, the the plan and wonder if Auburn will make adjustments uh, to try uh, to try something else. Absolutely, I, I, I agree. I was just, I was just curious. Uh, I haven't been tracking uh, 
the old Miss roster as, as much as I probably would have in years past as far as our opponents and stuff like that. But I was just curious, is like, was it really that big of a talent gap between the two teams? I know our wide receivers are struggling. Uh, I think everyone can see that. Uh, obviously, the, Q, the QB position is uh, is struggling as well. Uh, but I, I wanted to, I mean, not to be a sunshine pumper, but I think the next few games will really determine how I view this season, I think, for me. You know, so because uh, I know it's kind of a rebuilding year. And uh, I just have one more last point to make. I know you guys got to go, but uh, I, I think it's a little – unfair and I think there's some revisionist history on people comparing Q to Gus Malzahn. I was around town this weekend and people were saying that I, I don't know why there's such a negative uh connotation on the Gus era. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm the strongest Gus guy. I was you know, I thought that we needed to change towards the end of his uh tenure. But uh I we didn't have offense like this under Gus. I think people fail to realize that. Those those Gus offenses weren't ever this bad, you know, and um, and it was at a time when Alabama was at the peak of its power. The SEC West was clearly the best division in college football, uh, and and Gus consistently had us probably top three in the division. I mean, seven when, and one when Gus old. Malzahn, hold on, Kenny, when when Gus Malzahn was looking mm-hmm. for answers at quarterback during his time at mm-hmm. Auburn, 2015, when Auburn finished last in the SEC West, uh, 20. Uh, I guess you could look at 2016 as an, although Auburn did f- figure things out towards hey, the end. But the the yeah. the years the years where the passing offense struggled the most under Gus, I sort of yeah. get how people could say that these last couple of games have resembled have resembled that. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. I for the most part have fond memories of yeah, uh, I think, uh, yeah. of, of Gus Malzahn. I'm, yeah, I'm KJ, a, I think a lot of it is because of the the end. Uh, toward the end, yeah. the uh, the Auburn offense didn't seem as imaginative, and and uh, you know defenses were able to adjust to what Gus had, what Gus was doing early on. Defenses, man, was I mean, sixteen he Clemson, tore, he tore them up. But later tore on, Brian, up. I mean, when when defense were able to sub, when Auburn did sub, and things when when the offense subbed, yeah. that stopped it, slowed things down, and people were able to catch up. But no, I mean, I, KJ, I think everyone expected there to be a bump offensively this year because that's what Hugh Freeze is known for. Yeah. He's known for offense. And today he was asked and he said, no, never in his career yeah. has he gone through four games like the last four this that he's gone through. bad as it's been for you, Freeze. And you should have expected more from this. I'm sure he expected more from this. I don't think there's any question about that, right? Yes. Um, but the sure. main reason, not the only reason, but by far the main reason is because of the lack of talent. And because when they went out into the uh, transfer portal in the offseason, they just were not able to bring in guys that can make a difference at quarterback and receiver. Unfortunately, it just hasn't worked out with those guys. Caleb Burton may, may eventually become a really good player for Auburn. He's just a freshman. But the rest of them, it just has not worked out. I mean, I, I think after is it, yeah, seven games, I think we can mm-hmm. say pretty certainly that Auburn just missed on some key positions uh, portal-wise, um, you know, on the offensive side. Absolutely. And I, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the call, KJ. Yep. Uh, so that'll get us going. We'd love for you to join in as well. But, yeah, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com with us here on the Monday Drive following Auburn's 28-21 loss to the Ole Miss Rebels, a game in which Auburn had 26 yards passing mm. 
till that last midway drive, through right? the fourth Z- quarter. Zero zero pass attempts in the third quarter of of the game. Yeah, they had, they had a sack and a, a sack attempted. and a throwback, which ended up being a lo- a, a, a run the loss. Hold, the Holden Gurner trick play, but no Auburn Auburn appeared to abandon uh, throwing the football. And what I would you know last week, Bill, we were talking about. You know, it seems like there's a lack of faith in Robbie Ashford to go out there and run the football, you know, to run the offense, uh, you know, do, do things other than, than run the football. Uh, I would say on, on Saturday there appeared to be a lack of faith in the passing game as a whole, no matter who was out there. And I think and there's may, a reason for that. Yeah, I don't maybe, think the coaches decided well, off the hook to say, ah, we're what not I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so, and so the, the conclusion I would make would be Auburn has, you know, the coaching staff believes that if they try to throw the ball more, it will result in sacks and negative plays, turnovers and things that will harm the offense. And so you're seeing an approach that is, you can use what, conservative, cautious, fearful, yeah. like whatever, whatever term you want to use, the adjective is, is your choice. But they, they believe that if they try to throw it more, it's not going to go well. And so instead you're seeing an offense that, I mean, when Robbie's in with three tight ends, the right. defense is – I mean, well, there's, it, 10, there's 10 guys at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it waiting is two for... different offenses that are running. It's not the same offense. Yeah, he said that today. Yeah. He, I mean, you know, people have wondered about that. He said today it's not the same offense right. that Robbie runs. Robbie has his package. Peyton has his package. And now it appears Philip Montgomery's coaching <laughs> there's Peyton's package and Hugh is coaching it, Robbie's well, package. Well, yeah. it's, and it's Robbie and five different skill position players. And then yeah. – and then, Peyton Thorne and five yeah, other guys. because you'd see different receivers in the game with each quarterback. And it's just a mess. Uh, it it really work. is. It the doesn't thing work. We, the other thing we got to account for in the last two games especially is Auburn is very thin on defense. Coach Freeze made the decision to try to control – try, it didn't work, but try to control the clock on offense mm-hmm. to give the defense some rest to be in the game in the fourth quarter. It almost worked against Ole Miss, Right. But Auburn's offense died so badly at the end of the second half, at the end of the first half, and then in the third quarter, that eventually the defense just completely went out of gas at the end of the third, where Ole Miss was able to put put together back to back touchdown drives and really put the game away. The the drive at the end of the first half where they did let Robbie throw a deep ball and it was intercepted uh, felt like a missed opportunity. You'd gotten the stop there. You had the ball at mm-hmm. midfield in a tie game, and, and and they launched one there. I just you know I did the math today, Bill, on. Uh, in Power Five games this year, Robbie Ashford running the ball is twenty nine for one twelve, which is about three point eight yeah. and a half a carry. That's not a guy who's such a weapon as a runner that he needs to be in, even if you're telling defenses he's not going to throw the football. I think the options are if Robbie plays, there needs to be the threat of the passing game, or Robbie shouldn't play. Like I think those are the two options on the board because bringing Robbie in. And, and signaling to the defense that it's going to be a run play, I just think that's doomed. Like, that's, I mean, the, Peyton, the, 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 the Jarquez touchdown happens with Peyton Thorne on the field and the defense playing the run a yeah, little bit. How many playing, points, actually, Saturday, how many points scored with uh, Robbie at quarterback? Well, Robbie had the, Robbie had the touchdown, right? Or he had a, right, he had but the, I mean, on the short, the short field um, after the interception. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess scored, Peyton's correct? actually on the field for the Jarquez Hunter direct snap touchdown that's Peyton in motion mm-hmm. uh, when, I mean I don't, I don't want to give was. I think I think Rob, but Robbie had run the ball to the right. goal line on the on the play before uh, but no but on the on the long Jarquez Hunter touchdown that's that's Peyton Thorne on the field and I mean I don't I don't want to give Peyton Thorne too much credit for it because it was a Jarquez touchdown no, run but, but the teams are a little more concerned about the pass they're not at all concerned about the pass 
when, when Robbie's and, in there. And maybe they will if you let Robbie throw the ball yeah. and he gets something going. But if but if Robbie's going to come in with three tight ends and run the ball on first and ten, uh, I, I just think defenses aren't going to – I mean, even, even these teams the next couple of weeks where it doesn't seem like there's uh, – No, uh, Mississippi State held Arkansas to a field goal in Fayetteville last week. Yeah, and I think Mississippi State's good enough to make you throw the ball if you wanna if you wanna try to run it on every play. I mean, Auburn. What was the the split going into that final drive? Was it was something like 30, 38, 38, 39 rush attempts to fourteen, fifteen pass attempts going into that final going. I mean, maybe and maybe even more split than that. No, I think it was more than that. Yeah, I it think. The, I that. mean, Auburn. Auburn. I mean, I, I did not bring my stat. I I, I left them there on the counter. When I left the game, but I was keeping, yeah, I was keeping the splits up till then. It was, uh, it was definitely worse than that, um, because until the last two series, what were we probably percentage uh, run running eighty? Yeah, some, I would say a good eighty. Yeah, I mean you're gonna, you're going to run the ball eighty percent of the time. I just think that's, um, yeah, I I, I wonder I, I wonder what kind of success you're going to see the next couple of weeks with that approach. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is. The Drive Hotline, presented by Skybar. We'd love for you to join in. Oh, that's right. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Big shout-out to Derek. I know he's listening. Uh, and uh, uh, they also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe if you uh, uh, consume the Drive podcast on Apple or Google or Spotify, you know, check us out on all your favorite podcasting platforms or go to ESPNAU.com and use the podcast center. We'll get to our first break back with your phone calls and more here on the Monday Drive. This is Martha Hank with the Food Bank of East Alabama. Or 321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 18 minutes after 4 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, Drew at the controls, and we'll head to the drive hotline sponsored by Skybar Cafe. And Mike is up next. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, fellas. Good to hear you. Uh, th- thanks for listening. Appreciate, hey. the, appreciate the call. Hey, hey. I want to make sure you could actually hear me. Yeah, we got you. Through, through a, uh, a low spot. Hey, so. Uh, Great to be in the stands uh, Saturday night. Great atmosphere and super loud. Really, really proud of the fans. And uh, got to tell you, I love the way Coach Breeze talks about it. But then he's also teaching the players to thank the fans. That's mm-hmm. man, what a what a great thing. Uh, that's that character building right there. Oftentimes, what I do is on uh, Sunday afternoons, I'll go back and uh, rewatch the game uh, it's the old coach in me i want to watch each play about three or four times and uh, i see that the offensive line is doing a much much better job on the run block uh have you all noticed that that they're actually starting to drive and they're opening up holes that's why uh jarquez hunter is looking like a quote downhill runner you know because so many times analysts and commentators will talk about well this guy's dancing around the backfield he didn't want to commit well, a lot of times you don't commit because there's not a hole. And, right. and we saw on Saturday night there were a lot more holes. Yeah, and I thought Jarquez was also a little more patient. Um, but Jarquez, looked, he, he looked quicker, too, once he did hit the hole. But you're right. The offensive line is much improved. That's something that it's been hard to really, you know, see that with some of the problems that the offense has had, but especially run blocking, I agree. Yeah, they helped that, themselves out there. That's right. Sure. 
and and you know we've seen this at Auburn for decades where you get a, a new O line and uh, after a, sometimes a game, sometimes five games, the uh, they start to come together and they start working like road graders and making holes and, and pushing the line of scrimmage yard two, three yards, and then it takes them a little while longer to gel to where they can uh, pass block. And I, as I was watching the film again, uh, the some of the pass blocking is certainly improving. There's areas, obviously, that, you know, hasn't gotten there yet, but uh, totally agree with what you're saying about the, uh, the predictability. Uh, as a defensive coordinator, I loved it when I knew that half of the playbook just got taken away when a different player came in. So uh, you don't know exactly what the play is going to be, but you know that half the playbook just went away because uh, a different mm-hmm. skill set. So thanks, fellas. Have hey, a great day. Appreciate the call, Mike. Uh, and that's, yeah, and that's not an anti-Robbie thing necessarily, right? Because, I mean, I think or, – or, or Peyton. I mean, right. the thing is, but if, if certain personnel, if you only do certain things, and that's one of the things that I know that, um, you know, Coach Freeze talked about a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about scouting and assessing what the team does. And and you wonder, it's like, are they not doing that? Or are they are they doing some things, maybe trying to set somebody up? Because boy, they're going, they're playing the long game if that's the case. And and that is <laughs> that is something we would talk about during the Gus era, right? That is that is reminiscent of when when it would be sort of before the snap. You know, there there were formations that Gus liked to run out of. There were formations that Gus liked to throw mm-hmm. out of. Defenses could play the percentages. Oh, you'd have an idea what yeah mm-hmm. what what two or three plays and, might be and coming. I, and I guess that's that's the issue, is that I think, especially with Robbie in the game right now, defenses can play the percentages and win. And that's something that's got to change either by finding out some pass plays that you feel comfortable letting Robbie run or by having Peyton Thorne in the game almost exclusively at quarterback. But. It's hard to run any offense at any level if you cannot complete a pass past 10 to 15 yards. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean yeah. – if if you can't throw a pass down the field, like maybe what twenty. You need to be able time, to throw maybe? somewhere between twelve and twenty yards yeah. at times. You know? Auburn can't do that. No, you're right. On the on the atmosphere front, because I know uh, Mike pointed that out. Great call, by the way, Mike. Uh, hope hope we hear from you uh, more often. That was that was good stuff. But the uh, I thought the especially at kickoff, right? The place was electric. Uh, you know, the stripe the stadium is always such a cool visual. We got to shout out the Metallica halftime show again. Um, oh yeah, I went out in the stands and sat with the family so I could so I could uh, enjoy it. A little Aub- bit. Auburn has a view from the top of the stadium. I think it's on the AU marching band uh, mm-hmm. socials of the whole thing. You can see some of the stuff that the band spelled out. I couldn't see as much of that from where I was over by the video board. I also didn't see that they they'd made the video board part of the show with uh, with, with the AUMB, well, uh, AUMB in the yeah. Well, unfortunately, from our seats, you can't see that. Right. So, so I the- commented by the way as a season ticket holder. I got two emails asking for my thoughts on on the the experience of the game, and I said everything is great except except when you, you can't you can feel left when you out can't if you're, see yeah. the scoreboard from seats that cost a thousand dollars each. They ought to at least put what's on the scoreboard on the monitors that are hanging from the upper deck. When you're under when you're sitting under the upper deck, our seats are under the upper deck. Uh, you cannot see the big right. board. And we're, we're down there. It's not like it's behind us. It's right there, should be in front of us. Well, the thing that concerned or me. They could, they could also adjust the price of the seats accordingly. Well, they're not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a whole lot cheaper happen. if just there are monitors there that just have <laughs> static ads that are on them. Right. That they would just put what's on the scoreboard so you could see 
what's on the board. But my my comment, I mentioned this to a I mentioned this to a couple of coaches, as a matter of fact, because a lot of uh, not football coaches, but coaches who have recruits there in the section next to us, have commented. Their recruits can't see what's on the board. And I thought, well, you know, maybe athletics might want to know about that. Uh, so I just made a little comment. But, no, the, it was a great atmosphere, great, great halftime Although show. I think the one-two punch of the uh, the uh, Auburn – what happened at the end of the third quarter? Because there's an, there's an Ole Miss touchdown – Right before, right before the third, right before the fourth quarter, right there's. Yeah. I think the last play of the third quarter. It was. It is, was with zero, with, with is, no time is left. An old, in the third is an Ole Miss touchdown. Right. I, be, I believe that the there was sort of a one-two punch right before the fourth quarter starts, where I think you started to see the energy exit the stadium. It was. It was for the first time Ooh. this season. It was apparent during the uh, start of the fourth quarter <clears throat> celebration. I, I think a little bit, but it would be so. The, so the sequence I'm talking about would be. Um, Auburn had a. Oh, you know what it was? It was the it was the pass to Holden. It, it was the the double the failed double pass trick mm-hmm. play on second and ten at the Ole Miss forty, which sort of blew up that drive. And then on the next drive, Ole Miss has a third and three at their own seventeen, and Jackson Dart hits the twenty nine yard pass over the middle to Trey Harris. Yeah. That leads to a touchdown for Ole Miss, right. and it felt like. You just had a pair of real body blows, and Ole Miss took advantage and took. And then Auburn gets the ball, has a couple good runs with Jarquez, and then gets an illegal substitution, unlike third and one. How about about remember third and twelve? No, no, no. The the third and the third and one to start the fourth quarter, where Auburn breaks the huddle with twelve. Yeah, bringing bringing Peyton Thorne in on On third third and one on third and one for Robbie Ashford. Yeah, it was just it was just you were just shaking your head at what was going on. They end up not getting the first down. They have to punt. And then Ole Miss scores on the next drive, and the game is over. That's it. Yeah, yep. everybody knows two touchdowns. I mean, Auburn moves it down. I'm still, uh, I, I still got to watch the the interception there to make to I, to, to try to confirm. But the officials, I do it think, and it's not. Look, Auburn had Auburn had offensive problems that needed to get fixed, and, and the referees were not the reason. No, Ole Miss. No, won no, the game. no, no, no. I I did think the pass interference was flimsy. Uh, the the DPI on Auburn uh, in in the in the back of the end zone. I think Hugh Freeze actually mentioned it uh, during mm-hmm. during the press conference. I thought that was one that I think I guess they submitted it to the conference uh, for for review. Well, there, the, the offensive pass interference was was sort of funny too. Yeah, although you got to do a better job of selling your route, right? I had someone tell me like yeah. Brandon Frazier looked like he was blocking from the moment. But the other guy, the other guy grabbed him first. The other guy did like. grab. Well, but if, <laughs> but if you're blocking right off right off the route, I mean, right, if the I other guy grabs you, it's hard not to put your arms out. That's that's true. He's he's in a tough situation there. But those are those are plays where uh, I guess, and I guess they are trying to call that more uh, the the re- receivers that are supposed hey, to be running one, routes and blocking have, instead. Have we seen Auburn call for a defensive delay of game yet? I'm seeing that it seems like every Not week, yet, every they, week yeah. it's a it, it happens in an SEC game, you know, where the, somebody's clapping on the and defensive side. Most of the time, it's just them. a mistake. The guy's yeah. just clapping. For He's some trying other to get reason. somebody's attention yeah. or something, yeah. but whatever. Uh, that 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 wasn't involved in Auburn's game, but uh, but no, I mean, frustrating to say the least. And you know, Hugh Freeze is is as or more frustrated than anybody. I would like to address that point though. I thought at today's uh, press conference, you know, and you mentioned it. Obviously, there's a lot of frustration everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. I thought Euphrates had a terrific press conference. He was calm. He was cool. He didn't get defensive. No, he didn't. He answered questions. He projected confidence in the future of this program. I just – I've been doing this a long time. I've covered – this is the fifth head coach I've covered. 
I've seen a lot different reactions when things. Oh, after going a well. four-game losing streak, yeah, or, yeah. or I mean, just a loss yeah. sometimes. And, yeah. and he does not, and he does not want to blame his players. Like it, it no, seems he like he, he, throw goes, under the he bus. goes out of his way to say like, and, and people can say, well, when he's talking about the talent difference, he's blaming his roster to to a, in, in a way. But what he's not doing is he's not saying, well, we, you know, the plan worked and this player, you know, made. made no, he this talked about a couple of plays: one that the coaches messed up, one that the, yeah. the players didn't and, execute. And when it name names, and when right. a player makes a mistake, he says it's also on him for not teaching that player right. what to do in the moment, which which I think is a, is a really cool way of looking at it. Back to the phone we go, and Heath is next. Hey, Heath. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wonder, and I'd like to take your, to get your thoughts on this. I'm going to hang up and listen. Uh, what other teams out there in the nation could have just ran through that four-game gauntlet, you might say, and um, come out with a shiny record? I mean, of course, the the offense is stagnant, and, and I, it's, I would say that the talent gap is, and, you know, that's what they keep preaching and praying on. But um, I, I just wonder how many teams out there that would start out with Auburn's schedule would actually be doing much better than Auburn is. Um, I know we're a little bit more evenly matched with the teams upcoming, and hopefully we might be able to turn this into a 7-5, and five, maybe 8-4 and four with an iron ball win. But uh, I just like to hear your thoughts on that. I'll hang up and take a listen. I doubt that there are many teams that, that would have uh, run through this gauntlet unscathed. Yeah. Uh, there, there are some teams that, that could have come through. I mean, look, you ask Hugh Freeze. He thinks Auburn should have at least gone 2-2. Two and two. I mean, he, he really does. He feels like Auburn – had it right there within their reach of winning a couple of these four like when, games. When so I would say, you know, um, you know, two of them are on the road, two of them at home. Uh, I'd, I'd say there there are a lot of good teams that that would have, you know, won two or three of these, and uh, Auburn Auburn should have won at least one you, of these. You, I you think. think um, uh, a coach that has a you – know, if it's close going into the fourth quarter, a coach is going to think he should have won the game. Yes. Right? He's going to he's second mm-hmm. guess. And I guess that's where Hugh Freeze looks at yeah. Georgia and, and Ole Miss as games where if things had broken differently in the fourth quarter, maybe Auburn is in a better position to win the game at the end. And I think that's that's a fair way of looking at it. Um, I still I mean, think, Auburn's tied with Georgia with five minutes to go. Right. And I, I think – In the game. That's the number one team in the country. Right. I mean, at, just being that close makes you feel like – Man, we should have gotten one of these. But, you know, you can't worry about those now because you've got opportunities here and you'd better take advantage now when, when you know, you've got a, a Mississippi State team. They're playing better. They've won two in a row. But they're coming in. They're still trying to figure what they're doing offensively. We were talking about, you know, looking back on the Georgia game, it seemed like if you can replicate a lot of what worked against Georgia, you would have a shot against Ole Miss because you, you feel like Georgia's a better team than Ole Miss they are. is. Um, and they're definitely better defensively. I don't come away from Saturday night thinking, well, the, the, Keep pl- doing that. the plan works and you just need an opponent other than Ole Miss and things will be a lot better. Hey. I just I wonder if that like I think it's fair to, oh, to I, question. I, I, I think it's absolutely fair. And, and Brian, I mean, what I I guess I'm asking too much. I would like to know. I mean, I don't know enough to to be able to see like on the first play. He's talking about the first play from scrimmage. Dan and I looked at that three or four times. I'm looking for where that, where where the crease is going to be for, was Cobb, for, the, for, was, the, for the big run or what whatever. I mean, so I don't know enough to to feel like oh man, just if this all we yeah. see is uh, it's a two or three yard loss, and it didn't look like it was about to bust into a big play. We don't but, see this. But he we does. See, we and see that. He, he was very confident. He talked about that mm-hmm. for a few minutes. Yeah, we, we don't. Uh, so, so, I mean, maybe, maybe they are. And, and he, you know, Dan, 
Hugh Freeze today sure made it feel like he feels Auburn has progressed. They have progressed from where they were. I know there are a lot of fans, and I look at it, and I may not see, see it. it right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess I don't know. Off- offensively, Saturday night did not feel like progress from the Georgia game. It did not. You're right. right. Like I mean, if you're if you're trying to track, a, you know, maybe and maybe we're not talking about a straight line here. Maybe there's got to be peaks and valleys of what that progress looks like. But yeah, I just come away, you know, re- really questioning if 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 it. I mean, if if you want. If you want to deploy Robbie Ashford as your quarterback, I don't think it can be in an offense that wants to run the ball eighty percent of the time. Well, I, I just, we'll, I, I mean, if that's and maybe that'll work against against Mississippi State or Vanderbilt or Arkansas because your defense can hold them to and New Mexico State and New Mexico State. Maybe you can keep teams to to very few points and break a big play or two. I just, I, I have doubts about whether or not that'll work. Uh, long, you know, and and you're asking a defense to hold for four quarters. In, in that, you know, really hold for four quarters if you're going to play football that way. I, I just, you know, I, I, I wonder. All right, we'll talk about that and more and take your, more of your phone calls when we return. We're just a quarter of the way in here on the Monday Drive. Yes. Hello, uh, hello I Kyle. Just, hey, I just wanted to uh, weigh in on the game Saturday. Um, just a couple points. I Number one, I'm over the fourth and two shotgun call. I don't know who's calling that. Um, I, I'm so sick and tired of seeing that when we go for it on fourth down. It's not working. And I, I don't know. Do y'all think Coach Freeze is call, making that call? I think he's definitely okaying it if he's not making it. You know, I, I, it I, sounded today. I really like the Jarquez. I really yeah. like the Jarquez direct, the direct snap. snap. That, that was, um, I thought, a, a clever yeah, little short I like that. play. Yeah, Brian, it, it sounds like. That Philip Montgomery is calling the plays when Peyton Thorne's in the game, and Hugh Freeze is calling the plays when Robbie Ashford's it in the game. It does sound a lot like that. And I am also on the record of saying I don't like short yardage shotgun. However, if you're running a shotgun off- offense, I also do not like trying to take that shotgun quarterback and put him under center because I think that causes a lot of fumbles and mishandling of the snaps if, if, if he's not used to doing that. So um, what I would say about Auburn's biggest problem is – they're just not good enough blocking one-on-one up front to run those power formations, right, and just beat somebody like that. They've got to scheme it up more. They're I also wonder, as, I wonder about the loss of Avery Jones fairly early in yeah. the ballgame, how much that affected things. You know, he graded out well yeah. according to PFF. Connor. But yeah, yeah. But um, if you listen to Coach uh, Freeze, he talked about how Ole Miss did a good job of mixing things up and confusing mm-hmm. them and causing some issues there, so. Well, I thought I thought maybe two and two with these stretch of games, we'd be ahead of schedule a little bit. Oh yeah, but, um, you know, in some progression, like Dan, you just mentioned that, and I don't know, it's it's certainly not progression, and it's kind of, you know, now we're kind of guessing on. Well, is Mississippi State a win? Is Vanderbilt a win? I, you know, yeah, we should win those games, but I mean, you could say at this point if we're not progressing, and they you score you know, some. They happen to play. They happen to put. That's right. They happen to play their best game of the year. You know, there we are taking another L. And I mean, it can happen. It very well could happen. I don't want to be negative. I think Coach Freeze is the man for the job. And I don't know as far as the quarterback situation. It's you know that leaves you hit you scratch your head a little bit when you know can Ashford get into a routine when they're when they're um, constantly rotating. But I mean, what else is there? It's just we don't have an offense. We don't have a passing offense. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of progression. It, 
maybe it just is what it is this year. You know, I mean, yeah. that's just kind of where I'm at. I'd and, love uh, to see, in all seriousness, I'd, you, I'd love to see. Appreciate, appreciate the phone call. call. First, first quarter against Mississippi <laughs> State. I'd love to see, you know, seven, seven or eight Robbie Ashford pass attempts. See, see, see what it looks like. If he, if he should be out there as a quarterback, you know what I mean, Bill? Like, let him, if defense is going to overplay the run against him. Yeah, that would mean Auburn would have the ball two or three possessions. That's true, but you know, but you know what I mean. Like, when defenses are going to stack and overplay the run against a quarterback, like, it, yes. it just feels like you, you got to do yep. something to back him off. Well, and Robbie threw the ball with mixed results last season, but I, I just here, would. The last four games of last season, when Cadillac took over, Will Friend ran the offense, and they basically just played power football. Auburn averaged 357 yards per game, which is not a lot, but it's well, more. Well, it seems than, like a lot now. It's more than they got against Ole Miss, and you take away the garbage time yards, the 67 yards. Auburn, yeah, no, you kidding. know, barely top 200. Auburn was at 208, yeah, midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah. 26 of that was that. That's when the numbers, all right, the numbers were 182 rushing and 26 passing when when Ole Miss scored to make it 28-14. Auburn had twenty. That that was that was what the offensive split was, uh, and that that ain't balanced. I'm, yeah, I'm of balanced. the opinion there's not a right answer. There's not a there's not a magic. Yeah, I don't know that. that yeah, I don't on, know that there's. Yeah. I have less faith. Anybody you can pull out of the hat and <laughs> go have, out there. I have less faith in the plan to play Robbie and run the ball overwhelmingly. I think that defenses will key on that and be able to stop it. Now, now if you play Thorn and try to throw the ball, will that lead to sacks and turnovers? And will you have? Can you just throw as, the ball some on first down? If you're going to do that, yeah. you're going to play Peyton. You need to throw the ball some on first. I just, down. I just have a. I mean, and if look, can you play Robbie and throw the ball more? Maybe. I just think the plan of we're going to be a power running team. Hugh Freeze talked about personally calling the plays with Robbie Ashford. Yes. Uh, with Robbie Ashford and three tight ends on the field, and I think the idea of being a power running team with Robbie Ashford running the ball eighty percent of the time is is going to have a real hard time, even against defenses that don't have the talent advantage that these teams have had the last couple of weeks. Uh, back to the phones. Brett is up next. Hey, Brett. Brett. Hey, guys. Um, I always uh, like to uh, look on ESPN and at all the games and kind of check some of the stats. It was somewhat uh, – it wasn't interesting. It was um, – <laughs> it, it, it actually was awful. I looked at uh, end of the third quarter, Army had 42 yards passing, and we were, Auburn was in the middle – Somewhere in the fourth quarter. And Middle of the fourth quarter with 26. Yep. Yes. It's just hard yes. to believe. And it really is. I mean, it, it, it's gotten to where, I mean, yeah, I know we've had some years. It's almost like Auburn University is not supposed to throw the ball well. I mean, do, do y'all ever feel that way? I mean, it, some of the teams that we play that are really bad, I mean, they can come in here and they can throw for, you know, 180 yards and, you know, look okay doing it. But, uh, Auburn can't throw for 180 yards if the other team's not a prevent defense just to save our lives. I mean, it it, it it almost looks like if we were out there going 11 on nothing that we couldn't get 180 yards passing. But I think that I think that win loss record the last couple of seasons in conference play, Bill, and and the and the futility through the air, like these two things are not independent of one another, right? I mean, the, one of the biggest problems the last couple of seasons has been quarterback and. Now you're seeing, I mean, where, where the best teams, right, more than ever before, are, are teams that have th- that sophistication and those weapons through the air, uh, you know, and, and you're going to see NFL caliber quarterbacks in the college football playoff. It's harder than ever to win trying 
the something else or you know or or but, or, but Dan for, forget about uh you know big time teams with NFL prospects at quarterback I mean, West, West Kentucky can come in here against Auburn and you know throw the ball over the all over the field. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a puzzling that Auburn cannot pass. It, it'd be different if you know. I'm not saying yeah, I expect us to be throwing 400 yards, but I mean, throw for 160. I mean, just throw for 160. I, I Brett, look, I look, well, I keep coming back to Brett. I keep thinking that, that there's a there's a belief maybe that it will do more harm than good through negative plays, sacks, and turnovers if Auburn dials up the number of passing plays, which I think is it's. I mean, that's that's entirely possible. So you know, I get it. But, but at these, but but the the overly cautious approach on the other side, uh, I think, has very limited, you know, a very low ceiling. Yeah, last thing, everyone's talked about all year about, oh, we need to get Robbie Ashford in the game, and I agree with that. But, you know, if we're going to throw Holden Garner out there, why do, I mean, nobody, nobody, I didn't fool nobody anybody, did thought we were going to throw it to him and he might run a bubble screen or he was going to come <laughs> around for a, a reverse. You think Holden, or, you you know, saying, you're saying Holden needs to run some slants first before we try that next trick player? Well, no, no I'm, I'm saying, you know, yeah, I know you can't do it every play, but have Ashford split out, throw him a bubble screen, or have him come in motion, fake the fake the speed sweep, run the speed sweep. I mean, you know, at least they've got to, you know, somewhat look at that happening. But Holden Garner, yeah, I know we slipped him out there, so but nobody knew, nobody thought that anything was going on. But he, no, Dan, was hitting me in the arm, going, "Who's the receiver yeah. number 12? Who's wearing twelve? <laughs> is that is that, is that what, did shorter did shorter switch to twelve and make some other changes too? Or is yeah. Yeah. no? You know what though, Brett? That there's another reason why I think that's a great idea. As far as if you want to play both quarterbacks, maybe have Ashford in the slot when Thorne is is under center, is so that yeah. you don't have to swap them off the field. If you exactly. want to switch between quarterbacks, hey, both you, those guys can run is a little. There no quarterback hey, offense. Hey, and Dan, and Dan, you, Dan, at that time <laughs> you don't get too many people breaking the ball. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> All right, y'all have a great day. Appreciate it, Brett. All right, let's get to our final break here of hour number one. Terry, you'll be up when we come back here on the Monday Drive. Brett and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final segment of hour number one here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews, got Drew at the control, and we have callers holding on the uh, Drive Hotline, presented by Skybar. Tell us what's going on. Oh, yeah. No, exciting stuff at, at, at Skybar this week, too. Thursday night, a, uh, a, a Halloween tradition unlike any other, uh, the Skybar Costume Contest. Uh, you can enter for fabulous cash prizes. That's gonna be, they got one going Thursday night, and then they got one going Halloween night. Uh, next, next Tuesday. Ne- next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to be doing two of them. And, uh, spe- you know, it's, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, celebrity guest judges... Uh, and uh, in- including, uh, you know, the you know some folks that you might be if you like this show, uh, some some folks you might be partial to. Uh, they're, they're judging the the, the affair, uh, but no, it's a yeah, uh, Brian will be there. That's not, yeah, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know we we're so, shouldn't so, have given that away. It's going to no. uh, yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, and that's uh, that's this Thursday night at uh, Skybar Cafe. And something else we should mention uh-huh. that I don't think we've mentioned yet on the show. Oh no, no, we haven't. You're talking about our special guest tomorrow. 
You you want to uh, you you want you want to lay it on people? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we are usually well, we are we're on the air uh, at this time every day, and a lot of the times that's when basketball practice is going on. We've you know I've I've been able to get to a couple of early things, but uh, because of that, we don't have as much time with the man, the head coach Bruce Pearl. But tomorrow. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be able to talk to him and record an interview with him tomorrow morning. want, want to say tentatively scheduled to that's talk with plan. Bruce Pearl tomorrow morning. And if that's the case, we'll be able to talk with Bruce tomorrow morning. We'll have that interview for you exclusively tomorrow on the drive uh, dur- during the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, but, yeah, we can't, can't talk to him live because they're at practice during the show, and so the schedule doesn't exactly mm-hmm. work out that way. Uh, but we were chatting with Marlene, and it sounds like we'll have a little bit of time for Bruce Pearl tomorrow morning. If, if – uh, uh, if it doesn't work out tomorrow morning, seems like sometime before the end of the week, uh, we'll be able to talk with Bruce. But yeah, all if not, we'll we'll have a we'll have a secret interview. That we that's can't right. Tell you anything about like the secret scrimmages? Brian is going to those are funny. Mm-hmm. Or Bri- what? Brian is going to do a Bruce Pearl impression, and we're going to talk no. with Brian instead uh, if Bruce if Bruce can't do it. No, so sounds like yeah, we're going to talk to Bruce Pearl uh, tomorrow uh, in the four o'clock hour on the drive. You're not going to want to miss that. All right, let's uh, let's get back to the phones and Terry's up next. Hey Terry, hey Bill, Dan, Brian. Got a question for you to piggyback a little bit on what Brett was saying. Is Robbie Ashford open to a position change or anything? Because if he wants to have a future, I got a feeling that might be it. I, I have no yeah, idea. I, I have no. I, I don't know if any anyone has ever approached him about that. Okay. That kind of that's kind of what I thought. We just came up. We just came up with a uh, you know during the break after after Brett's call. We we've been designing the offense where. Yeah. Uh, both Peyton and Robbie stay on the field all the time. We got all the answers now. We're ready. Yeah, I think, I think Auburn's yeah, one, struggling to find another receiver. Then just either Peyton or Robbie's uh, is your outside guy. Very good. Um, <laughs> the, I'm sure the shotgun thing has been beat to death, but I think it would, you know, makes less sense than that. Is Sean Jackson back on kickoffs? They, the Hubers won't put him in on third and one, but he'll put him on kickoffs. That makes zero sense to me. He is there to be the lead blocker right. for Brian Batiste. Yeah. I mean, one time he's okay. caught one that got kicked right to him. But that's the plan is if a ball is kicked deep and Sean and, and Brian is bringing it out, then Sean to be the guy right in front of him to be his lead block. And not to be a contrarian, Terry, but I've sort of been I've been convinced, you know, the, the Belichick sort of thinking that it's harder for defenses to defend wide open stuff on fourth and one because everything's on everything's on the table. A pass is on the table, uh, you know, a quarterback draw, uh, you know, the, 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 you can do the, the pop pass and gimmicky stuff. Like, I don't think if you're predominantly a shotgun offense, you should suddenly switch to under center, full back, and, and get out of character in short yardage. I, I think that's uh, – now, if it's something you do routinely, uh, th- then maybe do it in short yardage too. But if you're usually operating out of the shotgun, I think you just try to operate out of the shotgun and make, make defenses cover everything on a fourth and one. I'd like to see them get up under center because I just think that's what works the best. And if you got a 230-pound back back there, you got to use him somehow, and that's the best way he could be used. Because, I mean, in this days and times, when you're allowed to chat down, you're already committed to a six-yard loss in the, in the, the athleticism of the defense players in this league. Let's be honest. And if you've got a big, strong like, physical see, back well, like that. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't a six-yard loss when Ole Miss – uh, what was uh, was going for it on short yardage in the shotgun, right? I mean, they had. Yeah, I know some... Lane's thinking, and a lot of people's thinking is there. You're able to see if there is a hole, and you've got you've got options of where to go. Mm. Well, I, I'm just. I know some. It seems to be a thing going all over the country. People are doing it. And I know mm-hmm. somebody's going to bring up the Philadelphia Eagles, but that's professional. It's a little oh, different. Yeah. 
Plus, especially when you got a quarterback who's squat seven fifty. So I, I just, I just don't. I just think this, you, you know, better common sense than Valor. Just, just quite honestly, just find a better center and play football. Appreciate it, Terry. We are halfway done. Robert, if you can, hang on. You'll, you could uh, get us started here in hour number two. But we've got to step aside for the top of the hour break here on the Monday Drive. And 106.7. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Got Drew at the controls. Hey, was there a game or something Saturday? We got a bunch of calls. Might have been. There, well, we yeah, got... Maybe, maybe they're calling about the uh, the NLCS, yeah. which is uh, 3-1 Diamondbacks as the Phillies bat in the bottom of the second. I got a feeling it might be pertaining to, um, to that ball game or whatever that ruckus was over there on <laughs> campus on Saturday night. Ruckus. Yeah. Yeah, Ole Miss beating Auburn 28-21. Hour number two of The Drive, by the way, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We have calls. Yes, we have a full bank of calls on The Drive hotline presented by Skybar, and that number is... uh, when it's available here momentarily, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor our podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform or go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center. Let's get to the uh, phones, and Robert has been hanging on since last hour. Hey, Robert. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? We're doing fine. Good to hear from you, Robert. Thank you. Um, I think Coach Freeze is going to be one of the best coaches we've had in a really long time. But I can tell that he's really frustrated. Plus, every fan of Auburn is frustrated right now. And, you know, he's been talking about he doesn't want to do the up-tempo because it exposes the defense. Well, that hadn't worked. Uh, our defense is still playing pretty good. But I, I wish we would go uh, – a little bit more up-tempo. We don't have to snap the ball with 19, 20 seconds, but do the up-tempo, and this is going to sound a little bit radical. I, I think Thorne ought to be the quarterback. I think there's times that when he's gone up-tempo that he's done a pretty good job. That's and when he seemed the there. most comfortable. Yes, Robert. And and leave him in there. You know, don't swap him out. Now, if they want to take him, take him out when we get on the 15-yard line, that sounds good, but – let him just stay in there and get comfortable. Uh, don't give him too much time to think when he gets to the line of scrimmage. Let him just play football and, and use his own instincts. You know, that's that's not the craziest thing I've heard. And, and look, over the last three games, and Hugh, Hugh said it again today, Brian. He was talking about, look, over the last three weeks, we played three top 15 teams. They're yep. also the three best offenses in the SEC. Yep. And that is where you want to try to save your defense. Right. Um, when you're playing – Teams that are, you know, with you, like you know, as you are struggling right. offensively, yeah, maybe maybe you take some more chances I offensively. Do. I do think they will run more tempo uh, against State, for sure. And I, I'd like to see them do more of the RPO, uh, you know, fake it up the middle or to the, to the, uh, the guard or, or tackle 
and then pull it out and throw a slant. Those kinds of things. Because if they they fake a play up the middle, your linebackers are going to come up, your DBs are going to come up to help, and that opens up the slant over their heads. Mm-hmm. You know, we just need to be a little bit more creative on the RPOs and and uh, speed the game up a little bit. Good stuff, Robert. Thank you. I appreciate your call. Talk Thanks for the call. 334-321-1390. And Jer- is it Jeremy. Jeremy is next. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, hey, guys. Um, I've, I've, got, I've got a few things that just start to rub me after a while. One is the, um, the idea that, like, he can only do one or the other. This whole recruit or coach bit is is starting starting to, to irritate me a little bit because I guarantee you Nick Saban or Kirby Smart have never sacrificed one second of either in their entire career. He he is doing both. That's being overplayed. That, that's not that's out of context. I think I I don't I don't. He's he's sort of kept that going though, Brian. I mean, I it's been it's it's yeah. been yeah. He's not he's not playing any down any. No, I think he wants everyone to know how hard he's recruiting, but but yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't think Hugh Freeze is deliberately trying to give give off the impression that he's not doing everything he can to improve this year's team this season. Uh, I think he's just also trying to, you know, you don't want you don't want the allegation that you're not focused on recruiting. So, like well, that, that's something he's been trying to uh, that that that's something he's been trying to put out there, you know, since the moment he got the job. That that's gonna lead me into my next irritation. Anybody that talks about these guys holding back and not not doing stuff because they're saving stuff for later in the year. Like, I want every Auburn fan to quit talking about Alabama. We got Mississippi State this weekend. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that's and not if, nonsense. If you, if, you, if you show up like you showed up Saturday, you're going to lose. The notion that the notion that they have things that they think would work and they're saving them for the Iron Bowl is nonsense. There's it's no. There's, they, didn't, they didn't use. They didn't. They, they didn't try them the last five weeks. If you were winning, people, people that's fine. Yeah, people used to say it when Gus was around, and it would drive me nuts. Because if he is, and you find out that he's holding back, you should fire him on the spot. Like so, so Robbie Ashford is secretly a seventy percent passer, and we're just going to wait until we're going to wait until t- you know. Auburn's, until, Auburn's got a couple of receivers that are just going to blow Alabama by Alabama second. Like, we kicked. We kicked a flipping onside kick against UMass coming out of halftime. Like, don't tell me that, this guy's holding that's back. A, you know what that is, though? I think that folks folks who are putting that theory out there, that that feels like a coping mechanism. I feel like we've seen that, we've seen that in thinking. the past where there's a skill position player. I mean, even last year in basketball, we would have – Oh, Chance Westry's coming to the rescue. Like once, once Chance Westry gets in there, that's going to fix all the problems. Brandon Frazier used to be the guy that people were saying, "Wait, well, wait until uh, Tavares, Tavares Dawson." You know, there are these these supermen that are going to come save the day, and and often, you know, it's it's wanna, it's waiting for Godot. I want to put this to y'all: If Peyton Thorne was playing for Ole Miss on Saturday, and Jackson Dart was playing for Auburn, who wins that ball game? Ooh, if Auburn just had one more receiver, I'd feel great about saying Auburn. Just... <laughs> that's that's you know I, I, I think I think it's a it's a if they both if they both play the entire game for their respective teams, I think it comes down to the wire. I think Peyton fits that offense a whole lot better than what Auburn's trying to do. Yeah, yeah. It, I, came, it came down to the wire on Saturday. We were kicking an onside kick. Um, I I, I don't know, guys. Uh, this like not being able to figure out which quarter. 
Like, all you do is coach football. And you can't put something better than that out there on the field? I, I keep thinking, and I, and I know I've said it a couple of times now, but I, I keep thinking that they, they just believe that if they, you know, and maybe not anything they try, but I believe they think there's too much risk. There's too much risk in the passing game, which seems like. Here's where I am. If they don't trust the quarterbacks, somebody needs to pick the quarterback that they trust the most. Forget about who's calling the plays. Tell the quarterback, go out there, you call what you're comfortable with. You you go line up, see what's across from you, and and you you call what you see because I've got a feeling if these guys were just allowed to play like backyard football and just play football the way they've grown up playing it, they would play it better than the way they play Saturday. That's see, I, interesting. See, I think it it seems it seemed improvised. So, I mean, a couple of times on the first drive, which is surprising too, because you would think you first know, drive should be scripted. Yeah, with the first drive with Ashford out there, you would think Auburn seem... won the toss and took the ball. Yeah, and and, so, yeah, decided, don't, and don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just you know, it's, I think I think that's probably the right thought. I you know either I, I don't know. I I just don't. I don't think you can. Put the guys out there and tell them, y'all go have fun and whip somebody's ass. That, that's the pregame speech. Like, just, just go play the game that you've always known how to play. That's why you're a Division One football player. That's why you're a football player in the SEC. We're not holding you back. Just go play. Heck. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to be a whole lot worse you're than, seeing, than Auburn's been offensively. We, we've been asked, and we appreciate the phone call. Uh, we, we've seen... You know, someone during the game asked, "Like, can you think of a can you think of an offense that utilized the quarterbacks like this successfully?" No, you know, in in no, kick that one over not, to Brian. Not to, in fifteen. People want to say years. Leak no. and Tebow. That's and, not like that's not what Tebow, this was. Tim Tebow didn't play. No, he didn't play fifteen snaps. Two, two, two and Jalen weren't used like this. No. Like that's not the no. you know that's that's not the. I mean, you're gonna go way back. Let's go back to the seventies with Bobby Bowden. I mean, it's I, like no, no, not not for a long time. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think. Running quarterback and throwing quarterback, or something like that, is like it's it just to yeah, me. This isn't the fifties yeah. when Auburn had the the X and Y. And if you have or and, whatever. and if you have faith, LSU had the if, if Chinese you, bandits. If you have faith in Robbie Ashford, <laughs> then then why then why is it Thorn the last couple of drives yeah. in a in a must win scenario against Ole Miss? So, yeah. all right, Jack, you're up next. Hey, Jack. Hey, Bill. Hey, Brian, Dad. Uh, before I get into the game at Auburn. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about the uh, game in Norman, Oklahoma on Saturday. Did you guys watch that game between Oklahoma and UCF? On and off, yeah, I did, as much as I could. That was crazy, wasn't it? It I mean, was. it's almost it like was. that game was Gus. It's almost like that game was Gus Malzahn's entire tenure at Auburn rolled into one game. <laughs> it, re- it, it really was. It's like, wow, look out. Here they come. They're 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 great. And then it's like, oh, they're they they can't do anything. But I mean, Gus Gus pulls, you know, a couple of his tricks out. One of them works great. And then, you know, they run the wrong two-point conversion there at the end. I mean. Uh, exactly. I mean, on a, on a drive where your quarterback has made key throw after key throw, you know, converting twice on fourth and long, and then you call a pass play on the two-point conversion, and you don't even have your quarterback throw it. No, you, know, you, have, you have the guy rolling left, I don't left really understand too. that logic. Yeah. That's like, oh, yeah. But anyway, the reason, you know, I've got a couple of questions. You know, I'm sure Brian can help out a lot. Ooh, um, I don't know. Maybe. You know. What are the odds you guys think Auburn's going to be back in the uh, – uh, transfer portal looking for a new quarterback in a few weeks oh and um you look at the recruits that were at that game saturday and 
you know, I don't think, you know, given Auburn's situation in the passing game, I don't think I've ever wanted to, badly wanted Auburn to sign a kid as, as much as I'd like to see Auburn sign Ryan Williams. Oh, yeah. Just let's like to hear you guys, uh, love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. And it's always good talking to you. Well, Great hearing from you, Jack. Uh, going back to Ryan Williams, I, I think he's one of the best receivers, maybe the best receiver to come out of the state since um, uh, the kid from Al- went to Alabama. And Julio? Played. Yeah, Julio Jones, yes. Um, and I, I think Auburn has positioned itself. What, what a what a great group of receivers, yeah, it's, athletes it's in the state of Alabama yeah. this the year. You saw what, twenty five class. Cam, yeah. Cam, Cam Coleman, twenty three class, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he had almost three hundred yards receiving against yeah. Auburn High. The other I know night. he destroyed Auburn High School. He was really good. Um, but yeah, I think Auburn has put together a good class already, and they would love to add Ryan Williams to next year's class um, if that's the case. Uh, and then what was the other question? Uh, quarterback transfer portal. Oh, I, I think Auburn has to. I don't even think it's up for debate anymore, in my opinion. I mean, you cannot go into year two doing this again. See, you I have to go get a quarterback who can run your system, and you've got to uh, – they're going to bring in a good group of receivers in this class for sure, but you've got to go out there and get at least one good portal I, receiver. I think the more controversial question isn't should Auburn be hitting the, the portal hard for a quarterback. It's in this day and age – if you go six and six, are you better off declining a bowl bid and focusing on recruiting in December than going and playing a game at the beginning of uh, in, in the in the go, going and playing in Birmingham or Las Vegas when you could be hosting transfer portal recruits on campus? I, I I wonder I wonder if that's the case this year. It definitely was last year. And you know, and I guess the benefit would be the bowl practices yeah. too. You know, with with depends a roster. Depends on when, when the bowl game is. Yeah. Depends on what bowl game you might be in and when it is. It depends on how many of your players I'm, on the roster. I'm not sure how much bowl practice benefits this team because of how many, how many players got, are going to be around next right, year. Right. And and, if, and, and and the need to go out there and get key players like a quarterback. Right. So may, maybe I mean I, I don't know. This is a discussion to have later, but maybe that's something. And I, I wonder the too. situation that you get into when you haven't been to a bowl when you didn't right. go. And you have an opportunity. Is right. there pressure? How, how much pressure does the SEC? I was going to say, is there pressure from hey, the conference and your television, turn down that money, your television money, partners yeah. to be yeah. t- to be accepting that's, these that's bull bids? Probably too. the case. They, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we have one more before we get to our first break. Inspector is next. Hey, Specter. Oh, I feel like I'm in a bad dream. Yeah, did wake we, me uh, up. Yeah. Did we go through this in 2012? Did we have this kind of a conversation Did, going on? Well, this is the worst offense since 2012, but you've got to remember that team fell to pieces on and off the field uh, and was just complete, Auburn, Auburn complete was, you know, Auburn was down, meltdown. Was it, was it 42 to nothing or 40? What was it at the half of Texas A&M? Oh, yeah, I don't remember. I mean – That that team – that's the only team I've covered that That quit, team that looked like the, right. they, were, the, the, they, they were ready yeah. for the season to be done way before this time. Well, this is what I saw at the game, okay? I saw two quarterbacks, one come in to start the game and was jerked out for unknown reasons. It it seems to me that any time there's a negative situation on the offense, they'll jerk the quarterback out. Which is Uh, bad for both. Yes, exactly. I mean, if you got something happening on the line, jerk the quarterback out. you got to have the receivers dropping the ball, jerk the quarterback out. Running backs can't find the hole, jerk the quarterback out. Well, you know, they ain't ever going to find their way, these two quarterbacks. They ain't ever going to find their way if they can't play a, a consistent series of downs. You know, the only last time we saw that was in the Sanford game. And 
Thorne played the entire game, and, and of course Sanford is Sanford, but you see what he did. But, you know, as much as I wanted Robbie in there, if they want to play Thorne, leave him in there the entire game with Mississippi. I mean, it just it didn't make any damn sense what they were doing. Here's what I suggest. From what I saw in that game, Auburn does their best in 20 yards in the red zone. Play each possession as though you're in the red zone. Hmm. Do it 20 yards at a time. And, and on go with that. I mean, I said earlier on, on Jacob's show, yeah, we need to go back to either power eye or wishbone. I mean, do it quick. I mean, I mean, it's not too hard of a transition. All you do is handing the ball off. I just see, see, I think the big, one of the biggest problems, though, Spectre, is that if defenses don't respect that you're going to throw it, right? Like, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time. And that's why, I mean, if Robbie's going to play, you know, someone's pointed out to me that Robbie is seven of nine on his last pass attempt, statistically, going back to, uh, going back to, I think, I think that dates back to the Georgia game. And uh, if, if Robbie's going to be in there, then, then let him present the threat of throwing the football. But I, I think trying to be an offense that signals to the defense, we're about to run the ball, and then trying to run the ball against that defense, even against Mississippi State and Arkansas and Vanderbilt, I don't know what kind of success you're going to have. Yeah, well, you know, our eyes and wishbones, they had their passing attacks too. But, uh, but tight ends had more of a play in it than the wideouts did. But, uh, you know, you realize we haven't scored over 21 points in a power five game. That's right. I mean, that's, that is absolutely awful. So play each possession as though you're on the, in the, in the red zone and see what we're going to see what we can produce. Quit trying the funny things, the, the sneaky things and trying to go long on a certain play. It's like, they're right. Once we, uh, once the first down comes in, we're, we're behind in, on second down. You're, you know, you're, Second and ten, second and nine. You don't want to get yourself in that position, you know. And if, and if you don't trust, and if you don't trust the passing game to create positive plays, you can't be in third and long, because I mean you're, the the drive's virtually over at, at that point. Although Ole Miss was also able to run the ball a couple of times on third and long and pick up success, which is something that happens when defenses have to worry about the pass, right? Like I mean, we had Mike in the first hour. Talking, mean, he summed it up beautifully. Like avoiding predictability is un- uh, unless you have an overwhelming. Unless you just yeah, unless yeah. that you know they can't stop what you do. Unless the talent yes. advantage is overwhelming, right. you got to avoid predictability. And I think with both quarterbacks, and especially with Robbie, Auburn isn't doing a good enough job of predicting of, of avoiding predictability as an offense. Let me ask this question here. Okay, Brian, uh, is it Brian today? Yep. Okay, Brian. Uh, we had California, right, Cal? Mm-hmm. Do you think um, you think Mississippi State and, and Vanderbilt and Arkansas are better teams than Cal? I think they're similar teams. You know, I'm not sure about Vandy being better than Cal. Like Mississippi well, State know, or Arkansas could be on, on the right day. Um, well, you know, it would happen because in that Cal game, if it wasn't for our defense, we would have lost that yeah. game because we didn't score by 14 yeah, points. True, but, but that was also on the road, the first road trip. Tough situation for this team at the time. Yeah. Now you mentioned 2012 and and older son. Yeah, appreciate. Yeah, appreciate the call, Specter. Older son did text and say, if Auburn loses this week, it'll start feeling more like 2012. Yeah. You can't afford to lose this no, one this, at this home is, Saturday. People will 
and I'm not saying that's wrong, but that, that, that people would lose their mind if Auburn loses at home against Mississippi State, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a, a touchdown favorite. Touchdown favorite at home. You've been through yeah. such a tough stretch. Now it's right. time to step up and you know win again mm-hmm. and, and turn the momentum around and get yeah, Auburn, going. Auburn won the games they were favored in. They've lost the games they've yeah. been underdogs in. They they don't they don't need to lose one that they're favored in. We need to get to our first break. Back with more of your phone calls as we continue here with the Monday Drive. Yellowwood knows that a three two one one three nine zero toll free at eight 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 three eight two seven five zero two or email us at the drive at espnau.com. Welcome back into the drive five twenty five on this Monday and right back to the uh, hotline presented by Sky Bar and Ty the Tiger. What's up, Ty? Hello, Ty. What's going on, guys? Uh, well, we're try, I will we're trying to make the, sense uh, of this, Ty. We're trying to make sense of it. Oh, man, I'm going to put it out in front of you. I'll just give me a minute. I promise you. Um, I will say the highlight of the night was the halftime show, and that's sad. <laughs> it, was a, it, it, was a, it was a great show, but you're, you're right. It's a shame. Yeah, it it really know. was. I mean, it was the, actually the, cool. Uh, more highlights football-wise. I don't know if I've seen anybody else do that uh, in any other uh, band, or I haven't seen it, you know, on Facebook or something come across. But to actually be there in person was actually really cool. The lights and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. guys, it, you know, here's here's the sad thing about being an Auburn fan, man. We are, we we knew we were not going to be good this year, and we still packed that stadium, and we still are pissed we lost. I mean, it's that's just how it is being an Auburn fan. We have a uh, unreal expectations. Um, we, we, you know, really wanted to go 10 and two this year and now we're all mad. We've lost four games. Uh, like you guys said, the four games we were, we were underdogs the end of the top 15 teams on all four. I mean, these are the bet to me. These are the, you know, besides Bama, which we got later, these are the best four teams in the SEC. Um, in my opinion, hands down, I don't think anybody comes close, maybe Kentucky, but I, I really think they got exposed, but. Anyway, man, here's here's the I mean. You know, everybody's got their Monday quarterback club solution. Here's my problem with what's going on. Um, you got to give yourself the best chance to win. Obviously, we don't realize our, our our coaching staff doesn't understand what quarterback right now gives their best chance to win. I mean, obviously, we hadn't stuck with one. The thing that gets me that I'm seeing is, you know, when Robbie's on the sideline and Auburn makes a first down, Robbie's on the sideline hype. He's crunk. He's fired up. He's clapping. I don't see Peyton ever like that on the sideline. I don't see him congratulating the guys after they make a big play. I just don't see that. And I'm not downing the kid. I'm not saying that he doesn't. I'm not saying that I I just don't see it. I just don't see the same enthusiasm. And I'm wondering if that has – you know, something to trickle over to the guys. You know, these guys played for Robbie last year when everybody counted us out and everybody rallied around Cat- Cadillac and, and brought the team together, and Robbie was that, that captain. I'm, You know, obviously, we, we nobody can sit here and make a definite choice on, okay, Robbie's playing quarterback better, Peyton's playing quarterback better, they should lead our team. There, To me, it almost looks like the, you know, I mean, the same production out of both. I'm wondering if the the decision fully needs to be made, simple fact, you know, to bring the guys together. 
and you get a leader and you get a captain under that under that center. I mean, you, you know, if y'all played any organized sports, uh, one attitude on a team can change everything dramatically. Um, and, and and that's that's the way I take it and the way I see it. I mean, if you're gonna, if, you know, trotting Robbie out there the very first drive and and making him the starter. I mean, obviously. And then, you know, I told my friend, uh, it was so hilarious that uh, I told him, I said, now I've heard a third down running back. I have never seen a third down quarterback. And that's basically. Well, you've you've seen some, uh, you know, wildcat kind of things or, you know, short yardage guys. But, but yeah, it's it's really tough, really tough to go, okay, uh, it's third and long. Go in and go in and make the play. Yeah, and, and even even Saturday <laughs> night with Robbie Ashford starting the game and playing what pretty much half the the game in the first three quarters, right there thereabouts before they they made the switch. He had he had one attempt to a wide receiver. I mean, you know, a, a guy that like if, if you're gonna make if you're gonna let him be the quarterback, let him play quarterback. But like you know what they've what they've done trying to sort of uh, you know designate some sport some special package. Uh, like I, I, I think it's uh, it, it can't it can't be the best way forward. The best the best that we've looked on offense, in my opinion, is when Peyton's in there and we're running high tempo, and he gets rid and he and he gets rid of the ball in the first three seconds. We did it versus Georgia, and we scored. We did it, you know, here at the end um, twice on two drives. You know, now that play I still think that was incomplete pass but that play that boy made on that interception that was just I mean that was a top 10 play in my opinion I, I think the ball hit the ground but those refs wanted it, to go it, home. they it, wanted to go home the refs were ready to go yeah, home I'm about I to mean, watch really, it again I yeah. mean, 5 minutes left and they decide ah, it's two scores I want to go home like that's I mean, that that no, that's cuz that's not a catch in the NFL like I feel like I've watched no, enough NFL it, football to know that's it was to catch in college but it was on Jordan Hare on Saturday and that's just what it is I mean hey sometimes there's Go, stuff that goes our way sometimes it doesn't. So I'm not I can't blame that. But other than that throw from that those two last drives, I mean that's the offense that Peyton Thorne and, and Auburn needs to run. High tempo, uh, run the ball, you know, every now and again to keep them. But I mean I'm watching the game and and I mean I'm looking at it. We're in the third quarter, down by a touchdown, and I looked at my buddy and I go, dude, we have six passing attempts. Yes, for the game. six passing attempts. I was just telling Dan that with when Ole Miss scored with seven fifty one to go in the game, Auburn had six passing attempts, and Thorne was and, one for and two. Twenty six yeah. and twenty six passing yards, yep. and one of those was Robbie. You know, chunk at the at the at uh, you know a fifty fifty ball daily, almost like a punt on third, and I think it was fifteen. Yeah, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, but either way, I mean, I, you know, that's the one passing attempt. That's the only – until we started that drive, that is the only passing attempt I can think of out of those six that went down the field 20 yards. The entire game, their safeties were eight, 11 yards off the ball. Yeah, I think the only, t- I think no, the only like, time no – I think, And we appreciate the phone call, Ty. I think we're, we're uh, coming up on a break. But the I think the only time Ashford was allowed to go downfield in the game was the interception towards the end of the first yeah. half. Uh, when Auburn, you know, tried to take a shot at first and ten in a, in a tie game, and, uh, and and Ashford turns it over. But yeah, just I, uh, I I wonder I wonder how they will change the approach uh, in in the next couple of games. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll get back to your calls right now. We do need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Stick with us for the final half hour of the Monday Drive. 
1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. Before we get to the phones, though, Brian, I mean, it's a busy, busy time for you guys, I mean, uh, what's what's the plan? What can we be looking forward to, and how can we get it all? I appreciate that. We uh, went ahead and did our rundown today, our podcast. Yeah, it's been a lot of Monday rundowns lately. Yeah, it, well, it works when uh, they have the got um, interviews mid midday Tuesday. And they put the players on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we got that going on. Of course, we're there to cover um, Coach Freeze's press conference. We'll be there tomorrow for player interviews and potentially um, a practice viewing period. And then uh, we'll try to get to baseball this week. Uh, I'm sure we'll have updates on basketball. Recruiting, it, it seems like uh, some guys are getting closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a couple of official visitors, junior college kids this weekend. Uh, got updates on the, those guys on the site right now. All that more at AuburnSports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, and threads at BMATAU. Let's get back to the uh, drive hotline presented by Skybar. And uh, Bill is up first. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys, I was, uh, you know, I go as many games as anybody. I like to think I'm very knowledgeable. Uh, this is this is a rebuild. This is not uh, – people who thought this team was going 9-2 and two or whatever, 9-3 and three or whatever, I never thought that. I thought we could steal a game here or two. We still haven't done that. But, you know, we don't – we're not at practice every day. We don't know what the attitudes are like. We don't know – if the team has come together and the coach is trying to make the best out of what they've got on Saturday night, we don't know any of that stuff. You know, uh, I, they need to win. They need to win Saturday. You know, I was disappointed anybody uh, with, uh, I thought, you know, holding old Mr. 28 points, I I would I would have given us a punch a chance to win. And we were close, but uh, that doesn't count. But people need to just realize this is a rebuild. Uh, uh Coach Freeze has got to get his own players, or certainly more than he's got now. We've got good kids. We don't have enough. Uh, the last two coaches, and I liked them both uh, as good as guy men, but you know they wouldn't have been having uh, recruits on the on the uh, on the board like what we're getting right now. And 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 I think we'll get more, as Brian may uh, may agree. But people just just be. Uh, patient. You don't. You're not at practice. You don't know what's going on. What the attitudes are. The kids have played really hard. A number of, now. The yeah. The one game uh, call uh, that that pitch out to Holden Garen. I didn't get that. I mean, I saw that developing and uh, sitting in the stands. If I saw it, I'm sure the Ole Miss players did too. But aside from that, these coaches are probably just trying to find something to work. And uh, it's a, it's just a collection of players from all over the, all over and. Uh, just be patient, folks. I believe we have good guys coming in, and Brian, I think, will attest to that. And we'll probably get more. But it's a rebuild. It's just a rebuild. And we do need to win Saturday. We really do. Well, I, I do think Auburn is putting together a really strong recruiting class, and I think it's about to get even better. Um, and I, I think they're doing a great job in the 25 class already. They're They're way ahead of where most Auburn coaches have ever been. Uh, for a class that won't sign with Auburn for 14 more months. Uh, so I, I think there's reasons to be very excited about the future of this program. There are going to be some bumps and bruises and knocks, you know, and some rough waters until they get there. But uh, I, I think that they're doing the most important thing Auburn needs to do to get back into championship contention, 
which is recruit really good high school football players. That's something they have not done in many no, years. No, you're absolutely they could still, right. They you could can't st- just rely on the portal. I mean, right. you've got to have some, you know, st- just stud youngsters that you can be putting in there yep. that, you know, can flash and hopefully can step in and the make portal some big can, plays. The portal can be a bridge. The portal no can question. be a way to, to sort of, you know, to prevent a, a massive drop-off. But you don't want to go into every season needing – uh, needing contributions from players in the portal to keep your head above water. You want to no. be developing players, you know, at, that you get out of high school, the, the, the best possible players. And it does sound like Hugh Freeze is is, is laser focused yeah. on that. And that's not that's not where Auburn is. That's not where they're going to be next year's class. But they want to get to the point where you use the portal as a tool to shore up positions mm-hmm. or or find that one guy you're missing. Maybe you only have to sign four to six at most every year. You know. Yeah, Um, it's double digits for Auburn again next year. It is, although my suggestion is, and this is just my opinion, but I think uh, the portal, NLI, they need to get their heads together and put quality over quantity. I'm fine with Auburn having 70 guys on scholarship and not maybe having to feel like they got to go over 80 just to fill spots. No, if you can just get get a couple of game changers – Absolutely. Had they used maybe all the money they spent on four receivers to get one good one, this team would be much better right now. Back to the phones we go. John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, guys. For the uh, I was at the game Saturday. For the players' sake, I hope they can win some games. I'll say this. It's horrific and painful to watch, and I'll just be honest. It's 33 days as far as I can tell until the season's over. I know I heard I think you all mentioned something about a bowl game. I just can't comprehend that roster construction wouldn't be of greater priority come December than a bowl game. But I had one question for Brian, and I think I'd heard Brian maybe mention this in Saturday, but um, Walker White, is there no possibility he could start next year? And if he can't, I don't quite understand why you would be um, signing players that you're going to have to develop. If he can't come in and start next year, what's the point of signing project players when you can just go to the portal? So I, I, I wish they would try to at least weed out what the what the quarterback situation would look like uh, in 24 with the remaining games they've got. I'd love to hear Brian's take on that. Appreciate the show, guys. I Appreciate mean, it, John. I think it's possible he could. I mean, if, if Auburn doesn't bring in a portal quarterback, that might be the best move. But, you know, Little Croc Christian is a – quarterback start as freshman? Right, right, exactly. And to me – uh, you're going to go out and you're going to bring in some good receivers. I expect they'll go get a, a, a good portal receiver to help out too. I think uh, you should return a pretty decent offensive line just with, with what you got right now, depending on what Dylan Wade does. It'd be big. They, they've got to reload on defense, but uh, and they should, should have some good running backs coming back too. So mm-hmm. if you plug in a good transfer quarterback, he should have more weapons to work with. Um, you know, I, I would say that, I mean, you. Sure, you'd love to have a quarterback that you felt like could come in and start as a true freshman, but yeah. boy, you better have some insurance just in case. Yeah, just I, in case. You know, year two, you want to make a step forward as a program, and buddy, if you just try to go with a transfer quarterback and what I mean, a, a true freshman quarterback and what you got here now, because that true freshman quarterback go is not going to step into a program that is nothing but five stars around him to right. help him. Right. I, I I don't know. That's that's taking a big risk. It is, but I mean. You'd love to have one that's good enough. That no, I think I think the dream would be there. that if, if you see Walker White as an early contributor, you'd want 
an upperclassman starting yeah. Walker's first year in college football. And that then would Walker, be perfect. Yeah, and then Walker yeah. White maybe. I mean, it's sort of what, what Texas is trying to do with Quinn Ewers and Archie Manning. Uh, Arch, not Archie, whatever. Arch. Yeah, Arch Manning. Uh, with, with, uh, with, with the, uh, you know, sort of the bridge to the quarterback of the future. Um, and that's something where I think even if Auburn wants to do that, they might be looking for a veteran quarterback uh, in, in the transfer portal. And briefly, by the way, I know we got a caller hanging on. Um, terrifying situation with Grayson McCall. I don't know if you saw any no, of, of that. So no, that I didn't hear a brutal, a terrifying hit. Uh, he's he was uh, he was taken in an ambulance off the field at the Arkansas State game this weekend. Sounds like he's going to make a full recovery, but there were questions about no, like extremities and things like that. So I mean, it was a mm. a really he's... scary hit that a a guy who you know Auburn talked about. You know, there there were, there, were, there was buzz around Auburn maybe going after McCall and. Uh, you know, he's, he's looking oh, there's for been his, some, there's been some buzz about him. Yeah, and there and again this year fourth fourth yeah. uh, looking looking for his fourth year in uh, in, in Sun Belt Conference uh, you know fourth Sun Belt Conference Player of the Year award. But yeah, a, a narrowly avoiding seemingly a a, a catastrophic mm. injury. So yeah, all, all the best there. Sixteen minutes away from five o'clock. Let's get back to the phone. One more call before our bottom of the uh, excuse me before our final break. And it's Jerry. Hey Jerry. Hey guys. Um, what I want for Christmas is Cam Coleman to flip from <laughs> Texas A&M to Auburn to join Perry Thompson. Riley Williams and yeah, yeah. Ryan Williams yeah. and Perry Thompson. Yeah. That'd be a nice. That'd be a nice combo. I mean, Auburn trio. continues yeah. to recruit him. He had a terrific game at Auburn High School. You know, uh, Friday night. Obviously, a great I think player. It was two hundred and ninety-four yards, four touchdowns. I believe. Yeah. 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 Maybe my wish will come true. Man, I'm, you won't be the only one wishing for that here. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it, Jerry. Good night. All right. We will, uh, we'll get to our final break here. A little update. Arizona has added a run in the top of the fifth. Aaron Nola done after such an outstanding first start. The Phillies back home. Um, and, and they're trying to keep – this has been the craziest postseason – all six games in the American League have been won by road teams. That's crazy, isn't it? All five games up through now right. in the National League have been won by the home teams. If there's no trying to change that. That is exactly right. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in here on the Monday Drive. 